episode of Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. You know, the thing I love about the Bobcast the most is that it brings friends together. And sometimes it brings back old friends. Old friends you worked with over 20 years ago. And then you do a podcast with them, and it's like 1999, all over again. He's a writer of the sticker on my CPU right there, the Panic Years. He's an all-around artist, and he's back in the lounge for his second guest appearance here on the Bobcast. Please welcome Daniel DeFranco. Thanks for having me back, Bob. Of course. It's like to just jump right in and talk about um, Crohn's disease. Sure, if you want to get right into it. I mean, like, I've met other people who have Crohn's disease, and I understand the plight of humanity. I can't imagine what it's like to go through something like that. It's, it sounds terrible. I worry about enough things already besides worrying about where a bathroom is, like, all the time. Yeah. And the panic sets in by that, yeah. yeah. I have a couple of close family members. I won't reveal their name because I, I don't have their permission, but they also do suffer from this exact same thing. This this panic where you're like, oh my God, I'm going to shit myself. And you know what the thing is? Did you happen to see Saturday Night Live last week, last weekend? Yeah, and for the record, I don't, I don't have Crohn's disease. I was just, you know, light... Uh, a moose boosh of conversation. I, I do know some people, so it's good yeah. that we jump right in with this. <laughs> a previous conversation, we were talking about the the dismay of the human condition yeah. and all the things that come with it. And I guess, yeah, Crohn's at the top. That's got to suck. Oh. But I mean, it, it's it's something that uh, we all do. We all have to shit. You know what I mean? And there's this skit on Saturday Night Live where Will Ferrell uh, played a Native American and he was wel- welcoming uh, the new you know, uh, people from the old world into the new world. And they were talking about their differences, you know, the religions and stuff like this, the way people look. And the white man kept going outside to use the bathroom. And the Indian, uh, Will Ferrell was like, why is he going outside? And then the white guy came back in. He's like, I don't know. Something's going on with my stomach. You know, I got these little pieces of corn in it. And then it goes back to Will. And Will's like, I too have that. And I thought it was just brilliant, you know? And like, they came together in a moment Over of like- undigested corn. Yeah. And I thought about yeah. what it would be like to be in that writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> To pitch that joke because the joke only works talking about everybody, you know, sheds the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for people to have to talk about. But here at a lounge, you can talk about anything. Yeah, right off the bat. I have, uh, uh, I take pantoprozole because I have like an acid reflux problem. I used to chew Tums all the time. I don't take Tums now. I just take one pill a day. And uh, it was working wonders for me. I met other people too who were on this pill. Shout out Matt Bass at the Ye Old Ale House. And we both were concerned after like two, three years of just like, you know, I'm cured to them being like, oh, your kidneys may be in jeopardy. Oh no, it's one that has that uh, long-term side effect or comorbidity. Something's going on, but I mean, you know, that's just the thing we're so concerned. I mean, there's certain things that are definitely gonna kill you and you know they're gonna kill you, but everybody's gonna die and everybody's so scared of it. 
There's there's a Louis C.K. bit that he did before he was, um, I guess, publicly uh, uh, gross. Um, no, I have to say I uh, am a fan of Louis C.K. Despite it, I believe in second chances. He sent out. Did you see his uh, newsletter? He sent out about his recent tour. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah. If you don't want to be my friend or you don't want to follow me, it's fine. Just unsubscribe here. Yes, he messed up. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I'm still a fan. I don't know if that's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, people... people, Who are we to crucify everybody now? Like, once you're up there on the media wall of fucking up once, that's it. You're done. Uh, I th- there's, a, there's a problem with, um, I guess, injecting nuance into a, a conversation or an opinion about something. Because it's, you know, if you get the, the facts, it's like, dude, what are you... Mm-hmm. Louis, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, you know. But then you, he doesn't have to apologize to us, you know. He has to apologize to the people who were offended, and that's pretty much it. But I mean, he had a fetish. It's fetish, you know. And it's it sounds to me, and I could be, you know, incorrect, but there was no harm done. It was in consent, you know what I mean? So people just forget. Did you ever think, like, growing up and like, you know, when we were working? at the end of the 90s in the mall that society would become so concerned. I mean, it's good that it is, but now it's like over-concerned. It's strange, isn't it? Because it's like, there's many, like, are you concerned about um, your teeth? Are you over-concerned about your teeth? Are you concerned about your life insurance? Are you, like, everything now is like, you need to worry. I think it's just because you're older and you're worrying more. Also. Did they worry back then, though? No, it was Generation X. They didn't worry about anything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the pendulum is swinging very far the other way. Things are self-correcting, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think, I hope, I just really hope that it kind of finds its good place again. I think it will. Yeah, like we're on, we're on the path there. There's a there's a lot of smart people that mm-hmm. are saying smart things, and I think uh, there's a lot of smart people listening to that as well. You're yeah. hearing the dummies very loud. You posted a thing on uh, on Facebook last mm-hmm. week, four days ago. Uh, the Sasha Baron Cohen speech. It's brilliant. Yeah. I listened to it twice. I, I read yeah. the transcript. It's wonderful. It's. I'm going to make my students uh, listen to that. Oh, it's brilliant. It's 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 a really clear way of understanding how things are laid out today in society. And I also the reason I I posted it and like you know what the odd thing is, man. And like this is a really appropriate time to talk about it. So, I mean, I don't have any rights to that video at all. I just ripped it from the internet and there's devices. If you don't know what ripping means, it means that you can take a video from YouTube and make an MP4 of it. And then that MP4 can now be uploaded into your Facebook. So I did it, you know, and I got a a pretty rabid response. I don't know how many uh, shares are on there. There's quite a bit, but if it was just a link to YouTube, it would have gotten maybe two, three likes. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have even listened to it. I mean, maybe you would per se because you're interested in what he has to say, but it's just odd. In general, you need to have shit play right away because people don't even have time to click a button. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're in their cars and they can't <laughs> click the button. That's the whole problem. I figured it out today. <laughs> Let's do, who do we take this to? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, who could we call? Elon? Like, I really think though there is something to be said about... Like, we should not allow cell phones in cars. Like, we should have this, like, type of, like, the, like you get into your car and, like, I, I don't know how to, like, describe it, but it's just, it's it's just terrible now. So, you, you're, my uh, my comment on that, it would be the same one I'd have on the uh, Sasha Baron Cohen speech. Yeah. Is that um, there are people that are far smarter than me 
that will find the nuance in because you can't just say no cell phones in a car yeah and you can't tell facebook or google you can't do these things like a blanket statement mm -hmm. there's got to be nuance there um you know what if you get into a car accident now your phone doesn't work or you're getting carjacked yeah it's there's, crazy, all, there's yeah. all sorts of like terrible situations where you would actually need the thing i know that um, is crazy but now on facebook i don't i can't imagine it's gonna be a life and death situation where they need to click the button you know <laughs> promote a lie from a politician yeah it is it's just wild man and because I have to drive in heavy traffic to pick up my son from the school during like four thirty, five o'clock rush hour traffic. And everybody is on their phone. Everybody now. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's just like, how did we stoop that low? That we couldn't keep something... We, we couldn't keep a train of thought in our... You can't... Can't wait it, at a fucking stop sign or a red yeah, light without, yeah. without swiping. Yeah. Because like when I was a kid, like I remember once I got like a ticket for going through a stop sign. And I felt terrible about it. Like, stop and roll. I was like, what? I had nothing but myself back then. There was no mm -hmm. phones. And it was my fault for not stopping. And I remember telling the officer, that was my bad. And he was like, sure thing. And he was a very polite person to me. He's like, at first, I think he thought I was a girl from behind because I had long hair then, too. And he was like, whoa. <laughs> he came up <laughs> on me. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but shout out to that officer. Dude, but back to like Sasha Baron Cohen, though. And I love the way he spells his first name, by the way. I had to, like, Google it because I wanted to get it right. Oh, there's a C in there, right? C, yeah. You know what? I a Simenich. I did not <laughs> I did not search it right at all today. <laughs> I kept putting in Sasha, like, S -A Yeah, it, right. But he's got that, that play on words. But yeah. the speech was wonderful because it really lays out the fact that even the way that you're listening to this, even the way that you've received this message is from the, what was he calling the six, the... Silicon Six. Silicon, yeah, yeah. Like, like these companies who have now made these insane demands of us for the way we hold our attention, the way we want to entertain ourselves. It's, it's insane, really. And it's propaganda. And uh, he likened it to some parts of history that, you know, were very candid. He, he quoted Voltaire. Yes, and, he uh, did. And I actually took a note of it. It's like, man, yeah, that's, read it. that's good shit. Let me get that note up. Because um, I, I can't <clears> believe that this, I mean, when was Voltaire? You're, you're the historian. 1700s? About that, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I don't have an assistant. You know, I was thinking about putting the ad out. <laughs> Seems fair. Uh, <laughs> 1700s. Sounds good. All right. Um, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. And social, because that's the Voltaire quote, mm -hmm. and then Sasha Baron Cohen goes on to say, and social media lets authoritarians push absurdities to billions of people. Now, that's the far end of the spectrum there mm -hmm. of, you know, a dictator um, having the ability to have yeah. a genocide committed against a faction of people in their... Uh, well, he really meddled with the election. I mean, like, what's next? You know, yeah. like the next one, how, even if somebody even messes, like, they're all going to blame it on something, right? Mm -hmm. No matter, no the, matter what. No happens. matter what. Yeah. yeah, we've already crossed that line. Like yeah. Cloverfield monsters already showing up. We're, just, we're we're screwed. We're in the we're in the cellar with John Goodman. <laughs> Dude, politics. It's it's funny because like I remember when I was like also too in my early twenties, I was interested in politics. And I couldn't believe that you know things the way they wound up in two thousand one with George W. Bush, and then I really started to have different feelings when he got reelected. You know, and like there was these things with the wars and stuff and. It's just wild how even now looking at it, it's such a joke. Like the Democrats and stuff, like it just sucks Bernie had that heart attack. It really does. Yeah. If Bernie didn't have that heart attack, 
he might have a shop but people will not do it because of that and that's the thing that sucks why couldn't bernie keep it a secret man wait couldn't he get somebody to cover that up because he had like events scheduled i guess couldn't they just be like he has the flu because he's not that's the dude he is you know he's not a liar (laughs) it'd be great if if uh, if he he was a little bit i mean like do you really think um like all politicians are completely true in their nature as far as like you know what their true intentions are because didn't bernie also back hillary way back in the day when she was the candidate to go up against yeah when he lost the nomination he he did right well i don't know i mean i like him i just like the thing is someone to me politics now have become a joke with like you know even regardless of who the president is the way that it's conducted the, the the jackets the ties you know what I mean? <laughs> these, these false like idols like running around Make trying sure you've to got your yeah, american yeah. flag pin on or else you don't believe in freedom yeah, dude like what yeah. did we become yeah you know and like I, maybe somebody might be saying oh is the bobcast anti-patriotic no in fact the reverse because we we started this because we were pissed off about another group of people you know we were like no more we ain't paying this tax i want to get married you know you ain't gonna let me get married until i pay the stamp act no and we left and then we started our own shit you know what i mean like we took them out had the battle wrote some shit <laughs> now here we are <laughs> you know what i mean like That's, and that yeah. was your 15 second happy thanksgiving everybody <laughs> brought to you by bob cahill on the podcast <laughs> But the fact that I'll see you guys in uh, June for the final, I guess. (laughs) It is so true, though, that that they were just like, get the quill pen out. We write this down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Tommy, that's some good shit. Yeah, Thomas Paine, not not yeah, Thomas Paine, like just being like, no, wait a minute, you know, like, and also too, like there wasn't many people around back then. Yeah, there were like eleven. Yeah, there's like eleven guys, and they're like, look. And six of them agreed on one thing. So we'll, never, we'll never let go of the guns, okay? You have a gun in your house to protect yourself because you never know who's coming through it. And you know what the truth is? At that time, somebody probably was coming through it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there must have not been really good master locks or any of that shit. There were no lights you know that I mean? turned on when yeah. somebody crossed your property. Dude, somebody could burn down your whole house with a candle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I... <laughs> wish sometimes that like okay so like yeah maybe it was more difficult to live back then but the the notion of like frontierism and like you know we can go out and do better we could go westward that would be my favorite time if i can go back in time I'm like 1800 mm-hmm. louisiana purchase style you know what i mean like with tommy J. he's like i do what i want this country is mine <laughs> <laughs> and that's thomas jefferson because he was completely there was the single largest deal they ever did was buy that I can't let you can't let you off the hook there. It is uh, National Native American History Month. Is it? Oh yeah, November. That's correct. Yeah. So you have to, well, you have I to mean, that's the thing that, that sucks too about the Native Americans is just like we didn't care to learn shit. We were just like, move over. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I mean, like that's just the worst. And it's indicative too of how we are today in today's well, culture where we crucify people for absolutely, being absolutely yeah. uh, completely on both sides. Mm-hmm. There are people that are. No, this is the way that I think. And yeah. This is the way things should be done. And this is it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. And you <laughs> let better me, listen. Let me, 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 let me,
Oh, it definitely okay, is. So they can hear it. That's, those the digits. Whole, the whole thing. But yeah, it is interesting, though, that they were just like, yeah, man, let's just, you know, roll with it. You know, <laughs> Thomas Paine. I remember teaching like about that in school and being, I, I remember back in the day I was passionate about it. You know, I was just like, oh, wow, we, we did something, you know. And then all the shit came down around yeah. us and I was just like, what is this, dude? Like becoming a, like adult <laughs> was not fun at all for us. It's part of it. Um, I mean, I think we are living in a, uh, to, to use a cliche, we are living in a theater of the absurd. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think yeah. we're also, we're just getting older, Bob. And you're just more. Well, well I mean, like, think of, like, okay. Are... So I've recently we've been talking about this on the show is that the, I'm talking about the the impact of like woke, like how woke are you? Technology. Well, woke culture everything. is, is I, that's a whole. Woke culture is a byproduct of technology is yeah. like my argument, but like. I wish, okay, so like my experience growing up was very similar to my parents, my grandparents, right? Then, teenager, same experience, driving around, smashing mailboxes with baseball bats, no internet, you know, no video cameras, and then become an adult. And then at the beginning of the century, if you think about 1919, 2019, you know, the beginning of, you know, a century, a lot of things are, they set the the tone for the rest of that, you know. Mm -hmm millennium so i guess like it's just crazy to think though that just now 19 years into it we're so a byproduct of technology that we were denied the adult experience that our parents and our parents parents had Mm -hmm. which was just this infinite level of almost like what i was saying frontierism if you think about it like i could do anything this is america and i'm getting myself a root beer I think the argument against that would be that technology should have let us do anything. It, it, it will eventually, but we merge it's with not, it. We, it's when we're like, yo, let's just team up. Yeah, but it's going to be even worse, right? People, you can. What, yeah. what did what did Baron Cohen say? He said, well, um, uh, "Lies." I mean, this is not a, an original thought that he even had, but lies spread way faster than than truths for whatever reason and there's just so much misinformation out there so we have access to everything but we don't as a it was interesting too like how he was saying like these guys can go running unregulated making their own rules up and like also now with film like his films like he had i had to cut out yeah like he was talking about with the borat where he had cut out scenes you know and he made such a good example of seeing it from both ends the you know the extreme of like putting something on the on film like that but making the correlation between the two that he had to do it because of the, you know, MPAA or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's fascinating that we're just like, ah, like a Facebook page, you get constantly bombarded. If a post goes viral or people start to like it, boost it, boost it, boost. We'll give you $5 for free, but we need your credit card digits. There's no room for error here. You will not get popular micro-targeted audience if you are between the ages of 18 to 49. It's a real shame. That's but that's what things have become. And it's like also too like such a like a negative arcade experience. <laughs> I used to like going to arcades. I put money in and be like, that was worth it. Yeah. 
put five dollars in, and then where does that money what? go? I do I get to do like yeah I fill out like this little chart, but do I control the algorithm? Do I really control it? Do I get to see all the devices that it's coming out it's on? It's a now? big lie. It's it's a uh, you you pay five bucks and they they say you'll get four hundred to eight hundred guaranteed. They're gonna people are gonna see it, and uh, maybe it gets to a hundred. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's like well you can just I know you can just make eight hundred people see this. So just. Do the thing I just paid you to do. God, it's so annoying. And the other thing that drives me nuts too is like, and I see it a lot. I see with all my artist friends, my mostly musicians, to be honest with you, it's just like, you know, they're still in the game. They're still doing their thing and they put their time and energy into it and nobody likes their shit. You know what I mean? Like they see it, but they don't like it. And it's this weird thing where like certain people don't think that they can show appreciation for an artist. You know how I do it? I'll show you how I do it. And I'm, well, my phone's up here, but whatever. I'll go on Instagram, write, you know, people's stories. Sometimes I'll just have my phone in my hand and I'll click with my thumb for like a th- 200 of them. So that way yeah. they see that I haven't seen it. To be honest with you, I'm confessing you're on the podcast, but I do it to make people feel the dopamine rush of being like, oh, I'm like, I'm accepted, you know? Uh, I just I just read that you have to view it for three seconds for it to count. As oh my room. God, you kidding me? Yeah, because I was just looking. Because <laughs> I posted a thing today and I was like, no. like 16 people. Like, I didn't really care, but I was like, oh, but I'm sure this is funny that you mentioned this because I literally mm-hmm. just had this thought like two hours ago. <clears throat> I was like, that's pretty. Mo- that's mostly what I do when I go to Instagram. I just flip through all the stories. Like surely more than 16 people that I know saw this thing. And uh, yeah, there's there's the thing. It's apparently it's three seconds. So here's something wild, right? On my Instagram story, they at one point in the be- end of the summer, rather, I was getting like almost like 285 views per like video or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, maybe about like three four weeks ago, it went down to like a hundred. And you know, it's the algorithm. I mean, like, the thing is, though, is, like, when it was popular, I would scroll all the way down to the very, very bottom. And if you have this problem, too, check it out. <laughs> scroll all the way to the bottom and look at the people who are there, right? These people are, like, you know, they got 17,000 followers. They got, like, you know, yachts and, like, all these, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, this weird culture. I mean, I'm 39 years old and I'm aware of it. I can't imagine what it's like being even 29 or 19 right now with this shit you want you you want those dopamine hits yeah you need it's weird right acceptance i like part of me is like yes i would prefer if you know mm-hmm. everybody saw the thing that i like created yeah. but i also realize that that's not the validation on you know it's social weird, media right? website is not the validate like that's not the reason you know you created something um It'd be interesting, like maybe in the future when, you know, VR really takes off to go into a VR gallery and see more than just one piece of art or music, you know what I mean? Like, and bands can perform in real time with no lag mm-hmm. and like people can have their paintings and like, you know, I mean, I guess that's like where they're headed. But I mean, if you're going to spend all your time on Facebook, I mean, there's so many other things you could do creatively. I, For me as a creative person, I'm sure you're, you know like-minded since you're a writer you feel guilty when you're not creating something like it's like your duty i'm gonna like flagellate myself when i leave here because this is my writing time Mm -hmm. i actually walked here so i'm just gonna take the uh the the schuylkill river trail home Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna find a 
a switch, mm-hmm. break one off, fresh, right? <laughs> so it's limber. Yeah. And just... Just, just lash yourself in yeah. the back? Oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that if you want to do that. If you want to do that in the midnight glow, <laughs> down by the Schuylkill. Probably take that long to get home. Schuylkill River, man. I'm surprised nobody made a movie about that yet. I remember when I was a kid, my dad would be like, they found a couple bodies in there. <laughs> Every time it would happen, he'd tell me. Schuylkill's big, man. Oh, there's uh, the canal in Maniung. There's got to be some things. Well, you know what? That's funny you say that. Remember the kid that like went missing? There was like flyers everywhere in Maniung for him. I forget oh, yeah, his yeah. name. Shane Montgomery. Shane Montgomery. Yeah, man. it was like oh, five years ago. They did find him, right? They did. That's a shame. It might have been like five Shit's crazy later. down there, man. There was this uh, TV show back in the day, uh, Stella Live from Manny Yunk. It was on Channel 17 on the TV. She broadcast from down there, so I thought Manny Yunk was always the shit. It's okay. There's hills. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, want to live there at all. I, I, I love living there. I, I think it's the best Cars, neighborhood. Cars, though. Huh? Cars. How, how do you park? Um, you got to fight for it? The same way anybody else does. Do you put cones out? No. Are you geez. a cone guy? No, I'm not in South Philly. Um, no, I, I live in a pretty good spot. Is, got... is cones le- no, illegal? You're not, no, you're not, you're not allowed, allowed, right? No savesies. Right? Yeah. you got to follow the uh, the Philadelphia follow Police the Department. Protocol. Especially during snowstorms. Yeah, that's, that's crazy how people get all pissed. They're like, nah, not doing it. But, yeah, I, 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 I like living... Up here, but I do like going to the city. I, I enjoy it, but I just don't know how it would fare. Like, I can't foresee myself with a four-year-old trying to find a parking spot. Like, yeah, you just have to get a spot with the driveway. This is this is good casting right now. Talking about parking. Sometimes, just like when the... you talk about parking, you really get down to the nitty-gritty of life. We all yeah. need to do it, just like we all need the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I. Uh... There was a story about shitting that I saw in the news I enjoyed very much. Uh, Chris D'Elia met Eminem, and if you don't know, he is whatever. But uh, he, on the way there, he uh, shit in somebody's yard because he couldn't <laughs> hold it. <laughs> and he's got this quote like, yeah, I met Eminem, and he didn't even know I just shit in somebody's yard about an hour ago. <laughs> that's, a, that's a story. Thank it you. Is. Eminem, you gave somebody a story. Did you listen to Eminem? I listened to uh, what was the second album, maybe the third one that came out in 2000. Revolt or uh, Rehab or? No, this might have been the Marshall Mathers one, right? It's one I, don't, I don't I think I have Rehab, the Slim Shady. I, I don't have any of those. It was the one after the real Slim Shady, which I, rem- I don't know the names of the albums. I remember when he first came out, like it was just like, okay, he's in this video. It's kind of like a, a lampoon, you know, or whatever my name is. Then he got really serious. I, I liked f- the, there was a seriousness, and he still is, I, th- mm-hmm. I think. Um, there was a seriousness about his approach, and there was an unbridled intensity that uh, spoke to me, and it obviously spoke to tons of other people. And that really, that was not my uh, you know, genre of choice, but um, I was like really into, I guess, heavier music. And I mm-hmm. guess that, that kind of spoke to me in, you know, circa 2000 yeah i mean it was that like was was sugar ray out yeah yeah they <laughs> jesus christ i saw you... this in ter- t- crazy video the other day of uh sugar what's the lead singer's name of this matt. is why i need assistant the lead singer of sugar ray's name is i want to say matt pinfield i know that's not right <laughs> only because <laughs> matt pinfield 
knows we'll go with Matt so much about music. And that guy from Sugar Ray, he was on one of those MTV like music. He knows almost fucking everything about music. Penfield, yeah. Matt Pinfield, but the singer from Sugar Ray does too. He does too. Mark, his name's Mark. Mark, and his last name is Mark Pinfield. No, not Pinfield. Robinson. We could Google it, but you know this is fun for people listening. I guess they're yeah. like, yeah, they don't know. Just say the fucking last name. Anyway, this dude Mark from Sugar Ray, he did a um, what's it called? Um, a cameo. It's an app where you pay for a celebrity to give you a shout out. So he did like a three-minute video of breaking up with somebody for 75 bucks. Mark McGrath. There it is. Boom. As soon as you took out the phone, I beat technology. Still got it. <laughs> saw the reflection in my, <laughs> my bifocals. Mark McGrath for $75 does this three-minute video where he's just like, you're just not good enough, bro. Basically, three minutes. It's about three minutes, and it's very much worth watching. I've all. been on the website where you can get celebrities to like wish yeah. you a happy birthday, and et cetera. That is some weird shit, man. How much? How much is it like to like get like who would you want to have a cameo of? So for like a minute, wishing me happy birthday. Yeah, they're just like filming it on their phone in their kitchen. They mm-hmm. wake up. Oh, here's an easy. Okay, I'll make a hundred bucks for a minute, maybe less because they got to pay. What whoever mm-hmm. you know, um, like Steve Buscemi. Oh my God, it'd be great. Just like, I want him like scrambling eggs and just, mm-hmm. hey, your wife tells me it's your birthday. <laughs> I, w- I want him in the wig and beard from Airheads. Yeah. He's the best in that. I love that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time, but I, uh, I, I hope I don't preach any, any contracts here. Uh, in my book, How Panic Years, the, uh, here's an Easter egg for anyone that, that's read it. So it's probably just for you, Bob. Mm-hmm. The manager, the Chester. Yes. It's supposed to be Chester from Airheads, Brendan Fraser's character. Oh, Chester. Chester. (laughs) (laughs) That was my little tip of the hat to to Airheads. Are you still playing? Still doing bands? Still playing music? No, just in school as a teacher. I'm still playing, though. But, I mean, yeah. It's hard hard to get up in in front of people. I I miss that, but I don't miss everything else oh my god what was the worst part about it that you you don't miss being there at soundcheck at three no i didn't mind that because you're on the gig and that's just part of the deal you're doing the thing mm-hmm. um i think practices and just communicating uh scheduling with five other people and those people we had six people six yeah that's very difficult it's a lot of ideas and how long would your practices be um, two hours maybe maybe three if it was if yeah. we weren't paying for it, if it wasn't at a rehearsal spot. Sometimes, uh, I mean, like, in a way, um, this has become the gig, you know? This is the gig each week. Like, I would go practice at least. I mean, practice was kind of like a gig in a way, but I miss it, though. I miss, like, you know, like uh, memorizing shit. Do you know what I mean? If I did not have... The experience of teaching music mm-hmm. like at school and when we just you know i do like um i teach music high school uh and i have sort of a school of rock thing happening there we just do a lot of the popular songs that the kids want to do how they, excited do kids get what do you doing like billy eilish right now what are you doing? yeah we're doing bad guy and i brought that to the group i was like guys we got to do this song wait who um, plays the bass for bad guy uh, it's a student it's a good bass line yeah and i have someone um I have a synthesizer with a deep sub bass. So I have 
live base and then a sub base dump, which is really cool. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're doing Bad Guy, Billie Eilish. Um, they love Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Um, I love that oh, well. song quite a bit. That's a good one. Um, what, what's fun is reimagining them. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that's, they're so that's fun. minimalist and electronic, but now we've got real drum kits, real guitars, mm-hmm. real keyboards, um, real people singing it. So, yeah, that's that's really fun to reimagine songs. But if I didn't have that, I would probably itch. Like, I have to memorize. Itch. Emine? Itch. Elemino. I'd have to. I'd be itching to play. Uh, but I'm memorizing like 20 mm-hmm. to 25 songs. I'm learning the things. I'm learning like the drums. Yeah, so I'm, I'm learning you, everything. Every the memorization. Of the song. I miss that. Yeah. I miss like, you know, having 20, 30 songs in my head yeah. that I could just play at the drop of a hat. I'll tell you what's, what's weird, man. I probably had over the past 10 years of teaching, it's probably, yeah, we've done probably three to 400 different songs. And I... Do you do like a... I can't remember. Winter them. special had, or something? Like a winter concert? Yeah, I do a winter and a spring. You do a winter and you do a spring? Yeah. That's nice. Um, do you have names for them? Like, do they have like uh, themes? The only time we did a proper theme was in 2016 mm-hmm. after the election. I enjoy that. You I know. did it three times. I did a theme circus with the story. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. There's one where uh, I was a space alien and I played guitar. And there's another one where I was in it for a bit and like me and the assistant teacher or excuse me, me and the teacher um, went through time to find a, the science teacher who was like Einstein. It was brilliant. It was fun creating, dude. Kids have the best time when they're um, encouraged to use their imagination. You know what I mean? Some teachers don't provide that type of atmosphere because it's such a dull you know, educational setting. But if you could really let their minds rip, you know what I mean? They'll go home to do good things. So I'm sure like music is a great gateway for them. Yeah, I'm super fortunate. I, I teach creative writing and music. I teach yeah. electives. I teach the things that you like where they well that I like, which is just like, you know, blows my mind. I wake up like, well, I guess I get, I get to teach writing and yeah. music today. Where do you come up with your best lesson plans? Car, home, shower, on the fly? Yeah, I think it's all during those moments where you can't write anything down. Yeah. I have a book of lesson plans that uh, I kept from, uh, I guess, the late thousands. Objective. Instructional materials. I remember, like, going to college for the educational degree, and they're like, you have to have the standards on the board. If you don't have them, you'll be fired. Yeah. I am so happy that I work at a charter. We have, like, our Mm -hmm. own, like, we're doing those things. I do have to hand in lesson plans, and things do get checked. There's, um, we're not, you know, and I'm not mandated to have standard 2.6.1 students will be able to, like, I don't need to mm-hmm. have five of those per, you know, lesson plan. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's insane. It's a lot more. Yeah. You're spending more time planning than you are actually teaching a lesson when it gets down to that. I wonder if we even have schools like at the end of the century. I don't think so, man. I, th- I really think that, <laughs> I think cyber schools. Man, sounds, yeah, cyber schools is where it's going to be because you know why? Because if kids keep getting killed, there's just going to be no reason for it. What they have to do is they have to increase the minimum wage so people can start getting better housing. They'll probably encourage people to have just kids at home because the violence is just going to keep ramping up. It's not like Superman's going to show up, you know what I mean? So we have to prepare for it. Do I believe that there should be homeschooling as a parent i can't say that i'm really 100 percent against it i'm fucking terrified to be honest with you like if my son's in a situation where like there's an active shooter i think that i very well could just like snap 
like just mm. i don't I, I i can't you know like it's and that's the world that we've created because of this shit in the last 19 years since the like since 99 or something like yeah, yeah 99 this stuff that's going on is as a byproduct of how fast we've had to catch up like as a human race to like the popularity contest the the you're different than me the the bigotry and the hate between humans is so ridiculous because as they said on that skit on saturday night live we all shit corn if we eat it <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> we're all the same and we waste so much fucking time pretending we're not like we waste so much time like fighting each other over it that we're not the same and it's just like what the fuck dude and like people start getting really pissed you know like when there's a pattern to the killers yeah whatever we don't have to go through that but why did they get pissed because they were backed into a corner by a society that was not ready yet for all this type of information you know what i mean did you um it's on my backlog i haven't jumped into it yet but you guys you probably talked about this during your joker cast mm-hmm well yeah i mean we you know the crazy thing with the joker cast was we recorded before it and then we recorded it right afterwards and like when i listened back to it the other night i i was in shock dude i mean i remember being in the theater just being like holy shit dude and i'm very proud of the fact though that the film has come out on top with over a billion dollars and the message seems to get across that yes mental health is a real big issue and you know it gave light to that i'm pretty sure most people who saw that film could relate to some of arthur's you know strange behavior patterns or feelings and stuff like that we're all meant to be good and bad but we have to choose and that's like the whole thing of as to why we hate each other so much i believe i don't want to repeat anything that you had on your cast but uh, no go ahead what did you think oh i didn't i didn't listen to the cast yet so that's cool what did you think of the film i think that it's we probably have the same opinions on it based on what you just said Mm -hmm. um I think one of the biggest takeaways is who's the only who's the person he didn't kill. He didn't kill his little. He didn't kill the. the I forget the guy's he name. He didn't kill people who didn't hurt him. I believe. Yeah. He's like you were the only mm-hmm. one who was nice to me. Here's what I, so here's what I believe though, which is the, the, this is what I love about it the most, and this is why this is the first time there's ever a film where I just don't want a sequel. At the end of the film, spoilers. Cancel the subscription to the Bobcast. The end of the film, when he's in Arkham and he's saying, you know, you wouldn't get it, you know, I really see that as him just as a man like me, somebody else, anybody that's what, 39, 45 years old or whatever in a mental institution who happens to also be a sociopath or a killer, but is fascinated with DC Comics's Batman and the Joker character Mm -hmm. and has made this origin story up has told her obviously that, you know? And then, you know, when he sees that image of Bruce, you know, like coming to the cameras pushing towards Bruce, like over his dead parents, and that's what he's reacting to. That's his brilliance being revealed in his sociopathic mind. And he then becomes the Joker then. It's like, that's when he becomes the Joker really. It's like once he's realized he's made up a good enough story in his head, (laughs) <laughs> that's what I think I think it is brilliant but the only piece of evidence that I would say that suggests otherwise is when he's smoking his cigarette his ring finger there seems to be like a stitch which could 
suggest that that's from the car, but I mean, they definitely put that in there as a detail. Because mm-hmm. I've seen the movie maybe about eight times. <laughs> All right. Illegal downloads. <laughs> Listen, I paid once for it. Once, I paid once. Twice. Yeah, you're, I mean, I paid. I paid that's once. A, that's a whole other ball of uh, nonsense. Yeah. Um, do you watch The Mandalorian? Illegal download. Do you watch it? I've watched the three episodes. Yeah. Okay. Is that a think? weekly thing? Uh, it's a Friday night thing, apparently. Oh, that's nice. So, what do you think? Uh, I haven't I think, talked about it here on the Bombcast yet. I think it's better than a lot of the other offshoots. All the movies, <laughs> like I think it's it's the best thing since being a kid. Like I remember going to see the Phantom Menace, and I went to see it twice. Mm. I went to see it twice because the that, second yeah. time I wanted to really think, like, wait, is this really as good as it seems? And it just wasn't. All those films were just like yeah. so green screened out like everybody's just not in the moment it's like what take did you did you use george you, you have enough money let's let's try let's run this back hayden you know yeah let's right. try that again so it's i mean this, this this feels to me like you know it's fun i love uh having feelings towards as my son calls him a robot yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like he doesn't know that he's Is a mandalorian he? okay but you know the helmet you know he's three and a half but i don't know if i understand what a Mandalorian is. Uh, it's like a bounty hunter who's like forged in steel from the galaxy. Yeah, but he is he is flesh and blood. Yes, he is. Okay. He is, I guess, is he? I don't know. I don't know much about Star well, Wars culture. Those flashbacks, he's like a young... Oh, yeah, but is it him? Boom, boom, boom. I don't know. <laughs> That's what they all do now on the show. Like, we've tricked you. Yeah. My, my favorite thing about the Mandalorian are the uh, hot take takedowns of mm-hmm. dudes like how they all love <laughs> baby yeah. yoda but they can't handle like anything else in the world being <laughs> baby yoda you know what's crazy the first time i saw it i was I, i'm not really keen on star wars culture so i thought it actually was baby yoda it was taking place way back in the day I, before i did have to look it up and like oh this is five years after right i mean like i like how they did that though and i like the writing on the show that you can feel like, especially the third episode, there's this like one push in where he's deciding whether or not he should leave baby mm-hmm. Yoda behind. The camera slowly pushes in on the, on the helmet and yeah. it's just like, you're, you're having feelings towards emotionless object, but reacting obviously towards the music and the camera work. But he, he, the way that the, the music ties in, I love it, dude. I can't believe it. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan again. <laughs> you know, like, I, I wasn't on board for the, the Force Awakens and then The Last Jedi. I was just like, ah. Oh. I'm going to watch them because I need to see them. Yeah, I, isn't that but, the worst, though? It's like, I need to see them. Yeah, well, if I'm breathing, you know, I'm going to watch those Star Wars movies. The, the offshoots, I don't feel as strongly about. I still haven't seen uh, Han Solo. It's... <sighs> you're not missing much no. um so it's interesting you said about the uh the zoom in on the mandalorian's mask yeah um we actually do get a sense of the whoever they i don't know his name the mandalorian mando they call him manda mando mando yeah. carl uh, weathers <laughs> that's what it gets right um he calls him mando so in all of the avengers marvel movies where mm-hmm. they have the their masks on 
they always do the in-screen thing. So you can see their face, Tony mm-hmm. Stark particularly, or whoever's flying. Yes. So you can see the reaction. Yes. And then they always have them always take it off when they're talking, even in the middle of the battle. Yes. Yeah. Just because well, you're paying for the actor, so you should show their face. But also so they can emote. And I was watching The Mandalorian. I was like, oh, Mando's emoting, but it's just the same fucking mask all the time. And I give the actor and the the screen, uh, the cinematographer, cinematographer, and yeah. the, um, uh, the whoever's writing the score, like I give them a lot of credit. The score is fabulous. The remote, it's it's just a mask, and you get the emotions from that. Yeah, it's wild. And then like uh, Baby Yoda, I mean, like the second episode with the battle. Where Baby Yoda stops, you know, that <clears throat> ogre-looking creature. That was just wild, man. I was blown away. My son loves it. I love it. I mean, it, it it's like a space opera western type, John. You know what I mean? Like, I love that there's not, not much dialogue in certain parts, and it gets it it gets it gets out there. You know, I, I think that's what people like about Star Wars, too, is just, like, everybody can appeal to it, I guess. That's the allure of it. I think what works about this one... Is and it sounds good. There, we're not. There's no expectations. They told us that it was going to be a space western, mm-hmm. and it's exactly that. That's yeah, great, John Favreau. Man, he does a great job. Great job with the settings yeah. too. Like when the Mandalorian's like walking through like the back alleys and stuff, mm-hmm. it really feels like you're like out there in that world. But um, and I really like the who plays uh, the pig man looking creature. Uh, Nick Nolte. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have spoken. Yeah. I want to start using that after I'm done. Pigman creature? Yeah, I have spoken. Oh, yeah, I have spoken. It's just such a great way to say end to everything. <laughs> it's like go buy someone lunch. Oh, no, you really should. I have spoken. They made posters for him, so hopefully he comes back. Yeah. You know, he was a great I mean, it's Nick Nolte, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't get Nick Nolte in, in two, two episodes. You ever see uh, the 2003 Hawk with Nick Nolte as the bad guy? That's the one with Edward Norton. Uh, the one before that with Eric Bana. Yes. So yes. Nick Nolte is the bad guy in that. Mm-hmm. And he's got like long hair and like a beard. And that was during the time that he got arrested for GHB. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, what's a GHB, dude? Why does his hair look like that when they took his picture with the mugshot? That's got to suck if you're a celebrity. Maybe that'd be a good idea for a book or a movie. Like a... A celebrity that's a, that that did fuck up one night and his rush to stop the news from spreading at morning. All one night. That could be a Black Mirror episode. I love that show. How do you stop the... Uh... I still haven't got a chance to watch the one where you control it. Did it's you do good. it? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, I did it once, like for yeah. maybe two hours. I have done the Man versus Wild Bear Grylls one. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? No. My son controls them. Sometimes he falls. It's great. Bear grills. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's obvious to yeah. stage, but he's really playing it like, oh, this stick's a little loose. And so, I, do you think there's a future where you're actually controlling a real person? Uh, definitely, yeah, without a doubt. At, at the end of the century, think about it. Like, yeah. we came up, you know. Or robots. Yeah. You know, something. That's think about the year 3000. If my son lives a full, beautiful, healthy life, knock on wood, he could live to see the year 3000. 2100. Hmm? The year 2100. No, he could if he was put into a demolition man type okay. cyborg issue. He could live a thousand years. They'll have it. I'm saying it. I'm saying like there's no way that they won't have it. 
to transport them. I mean, isn't Disney somewhere? I guess, right? He's frozen. I hope so. um so yeah we were thinking about doing um a scripted uh podcast series so we wanted to open it up to the listeners and see uh what they'd like to hear so here's some of the responses i got one i don't know two huh and three what's up so thank you very much for that, Facebook. We'll take it from there. We'll take it. <laughs> what type of uh, podcast do you like to listen to? Um, most often um, literary ones about writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're loose. They're not like stuffy podcasts. Um, there's one called Book Fight where they'll talk about a book or an element of craft and um, some other kind of goofy news. Book Fight? That's yeah. a cool name. Um this one called Legacy, or this lady, uh, Whiskey Emerson, she just gets drunk and just gives you a history. Wait, what's this one's name? It's called Legacy. Legacy? And she gets drunk and what? And just gives you a history of the the writer's life in a very um, animated, enthusiastic way with, with, with a bit of cursing. Uh, it's good. It's a good way to get a nice little... It's like reading a Wikipedia page of, of a writer, but you you know, getting it told to you in a very entertaining way. That's great. And I love Conan's podcast. Yeah, I like it too. I like his, uh, I like the way it sounds. And I like the way uh, his ads are. <laughs> it's, they're the funniest ads. Yeah, his ads are the best. And, and he, he really, sometimes he, don't know they're an ad. And like, fuck, I'm listening to an advertisement. He's really great. He's really great. There's a couple good ones there. I really like the Will Ferrell one. Yeah, just listen to that. Um, but yeah, Conan, I, I wish that Conan got... The, I look back at it, I'm just like, Jesus, man, he really should have just be, been the Tonight Show host, you know? Like, that was so dirty of Jay Leno. Mm-hmm. be like, I'm out, and then I'm back. Did you see the, um, or hear the Mark Maron one when he was on? When Mark Maron was the guest on Conan's. No, I haven't heard that yet. Uh, Mark Maron, he, he just... He rips into it? Yeah, it's like, well, this is not your cast, Mark. <laughs> I mean, they're laughing about it, but it's... Yeah. You could... You could you could hear and feel the tension. Like Maron's like he's asking those questions that you'd want to ask. Mm-hmm. And Conan's responding. And uh, I don't know how much of it's put on, but I, I really do feel like Conan, he was giving a um, legit impassioned response. And like Maron's like laughing, but it's like, ooh. Yeah, he's a tough is- guy, man. He like uh, he was talking shit on the director of Joker, Todd Phillips. Oh, Maron was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he in the out. movie. Yeah. Yeah, and like he was talking shit on the director about something, but he was good in that too. It's Mr. Franklin. <laughs> hey, Murray, one more thing. It's a really good movie, though. I mean, it's a good movie because it plays out so well from start to finish. You know what I mean? It's like this one long um, violin string dance. Getting tightened. Yeah, and right. Tightened and tightened. Until it's so that's why I hope that like they don't make a sequel for they, that, you know? They can't. I mean they, they totally could. I mean he's escaping Arkham, there's blood on the floor. But like But he's where not, do you go? He's not the mastermind. He's not the Joker. Yeah, he's not the mastermind yeah. that like produces like the, the laughing gas and stuff. Or maybe mm-hmm. maybe he is. We don't know. He stopped taking his medication. I feel a lot better now. But yeah, that was shocking. I was shocked. It's the funny thing. It was like I was sitting next to uh, Mickey and then two seats over because you could buy your seats, you know, 
another guest on the Bobcast was just by chance won over. It was Benny. And I was shocked, man, when he blew fucking Murray's head off. Oh, I grabbed my wife's hand. I was like, Jesus. It was striking. It was graphic. And I you was know scared. It's I was scared too because I was like, oh my God. Because I saw it opening night. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it Thursday. I was like, oh my God. This is, I hope God, I hope people don't emulate this or you know take this movie in the wrong way you know what i mean there's no evidence that anybody has yet right no there hasn't but remember before in the weeks leading up to Mm -hmm. it people were like this movie is going to okay and you heard that on social media yeah and the that makes good for clicks yeah maybe maybe that has something to do with it maybe like those uh they can promote that but they can't promote your ad that you paid for they won't boost that they won't (laughs) they'll make sure you'll see the uh (laughs) The fear-mongering. Fear-mongering. Fear-mongering must be uh, a great job if it really exists. Like, if that's your your, your duty, like, all day, is like, oh, man, how could we conjure up shit? Maybe that'd be a good idea what for... What should we make people scared of today? Yeah, right? What could we come up with and like, all the hijinks into going into how the plan is hatched? <laughs> it'd be, well, that'd be a good idea, maybe. Oh, a bunch of guys who are just and like they're so un, maybe they're not assuming maybe they're unassuming i really like when i write i write um characters first like i write them out like what they do and who they are and stuff what's your process like with that i like to form the person in my head i, I don't mm-hmm. really write it out as much um there's a saying about writing about you can only you know, if you're driving down a dark road you can only see as far as your headlights go yeah but you know you're heading in the right direction so that's kind of my approach you're heading in the right direction yeah well, you're good... heading in a direction and you can only see as far as yeah as far as you can in the front and you know it's a it's a journey um but for longer works you know eventually you figure out a character mm-hmm. and then you go back and and tweak i like uh to try to like uh, think like a character. So I'm writing the story right now and I've been using the sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. And in the tank, think like the character really works. Have you tried this? No, one of those like hello, the, the float things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't done that. You should try it. It's an amazing experience. The last experience I had, uh, it was wild. It was a wild experience. Should I, should I take a Xanax? I'm going to freak out. Uh, do you may, do, are you claustrophobic? No, but I have not been... Do you know the process it, of it, like how it works? You get naked, and then you hose down, and they put you in like yes. a, a floating tank, and they close it. The one I've been to is not a closing tank. It's more um, a, like a room in mm-hmm. a way. They do turn the lights off, so it feels like you are enclosed. Yeah. You can have it where you turn the lights on, but I prefer it to be in the dark. First time I did take... Uh, um, it took a while for me to feel the effects, but I'll tell you more about after the show. Yeah, all right. And uh, if anybody's listening, call up Halicon Floats there in Roxborough and tell them that the Bobcast sent you. You may just get yourself a deal. That's right around the corner from my house. I was wondering if they were still there. Oh, you got to go. I could walk there in like eight and a half minutes. Maybe eight if there's a deal out there for there's you. Um it's a great experience. It's a really great experience for an adult to really have time to reflect. And I know it sounds crazy to some to float in a room in total darkness where you can't see here. You have earplugs in because the salt, if it gets in, it's mm-hmm. terrible. If you get the salt in your eye, it is the first time I got it in my eye. They give you a little like 
ketchup squeezy bottle thing Water. <laughs> yeah. yeah to get it out of your eye it burns but the second time i did it i was a professional and i had myself a, a wild float <laughs> and, and it's great because uh you can figure things out in there you really can i know it sounds nice like, but like an hour i did 90 minutes nice. yeah right. and uh, i'd like to do more to be honest i, I think i could totally do three Without do a, a doubt, do a whole day. Um, Hamilton uh, on his uh, farm, pharmacopia show, whatever. Uh, Hamilton Mars, he did eight hours. Yeah, he came out and he looked like he was just phew, out of it, completely. Hmm. But yeah, well, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, talk off it, air. It's good stuff. But um, so uh, I'm going to end where we began. The Louis C.K. bit. Mm-hmm. Hurts his ankle. Goes to the doctor. And the doctor says, no, that can't be fixed. That's just the way you are now. So, like, well, what should I do? It's like, well, take Advil. He's like, how many? It's like, I don't know, like like a bunch of them. He's like, oh, what says I should do this much? He's like, ah, just take them. It's like, wasn't that going to mess my stomach up? And the doctor's like, well, yeah, but do you want your ankle to hurt or not? So, it's... It's just the way you are now. It's just the way you are now. It's a good way to leave things you've tonight. Ex- you've just got to accept that. That's just the way you are now. That's a good. That's a good point. Everybody should just accept it. An acceptant invitation. Yo, I really uh, appreciate you coming back on the show. No, it's it been was, a fun hour. Yeah, it was good to be here. Um, I hope you come back for the trifecta. Well, we got to do the script. We are. We should talk about it more afterwards. Yeah. Our ideas could be cooked here on the show, but we can get into the, the nitty-gritty right here. Um, my name's Bob, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in next week. I'm not really sure. Drawing a blank right now, but I'm pretty sure I'll be here. My name's Bob, and this is Daniel DeFranco. You're going to have my buddy Nick Gregorio. He's coming, Thursday. he's coming Thursday, and he's a Superman fan, and he's also a writer. Now you've jogged my memory, and I'm super stoked. I saw him with a picture of... Uh, Kal-El. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. What's the name of the book he wrote again? Uh, He wrote two. One's called Good Grief and the other's called This Distance. All right. Well, he'll be here next week. I appreciate you coming back on. I appreciate it. My name's Bob. It's been another episode of Bobcast.